What up, man? We are here with my Jamaican brother because we're going to bring some fire content on here from the motherland up there in the Caribbean. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Rusty. We are here with another episode, and today's topic is going to be fucking awesome. I think a lot of you guys in young in the military, whether it be, you know, brand new, young enlisted, middle, higher enlisted officers even, um, this is going to be some great stuff. So with me always is the J-Dub. Say what's up. Hey, what's going on, everybody? All right, so my brother here, I mean, he's only he only did like seven and a half years, and he was once my old troop, my NCO, you know, and where I'm supposed to be teaching and leading this dude, I, I was sitting in his like, like, dude, how do you do that? Like, wh- what are you doing? How are you doing this? Because I don't fucking know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm supply. I'm not that smart. But this bro is going to talk to us about money. Everybody loves money. We're going to be talking about investing. We're going to talk about stock markets. We're going to talk about, you know, just stock options. We're going to talk about anything and everything money and all the businesses and stuff he did from overseas to now home, you know, stateside. Out, now he's out of the military. But let us welcome my brother, Jamaica man, Donovan James. How's it going, brother? Doing good. Doing good. What an introduction. Thank you so much. I don't know why I feel so special, but um, I definitely <laughs> So um, thank you guys for having me. What you guys are doing is absolutely amazing. And, um, I just want to start with saying thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for subscribing to um, The Common Warrior here. Um, what Rusty and uh, Jess is doing is absolutely amazing. So keep and uh, keep pushing this out there. Uh, a lot of people do need to hear stuff like this. And again, as I said, you know, he say he's not smart, but it's a very smart man right here. All right. Um, but we're very common people, as um, as the, the, the name suggests, um, that just, you know, happen to link up and same thing you can do, the same thing we can do. We're neither better or worse than each other, all right? So thank you guys for having me. I tell you that right now, bro. Like, just back me up here. Degrees don't mean anything, okay? That is facts. <laughs> I mean, C's get degrees, and we all know that the best leaders in the military who have to have a degree are not that smart. But as we move forward, uh, my brother, Donovan, give us a little insight uh, when you joined, where you were stationed, and for how long? Just give us a little insight on your on your career while you were in. Absolutely. So, as you mentioned earlier, so I've served for seven and a half years in um, the U.S. the United States Air Force, um, and uh, originally from Jamaica. After I migrated back in 2014, it didn't take me too long before my brother said, "Hey, man, you're gonna have to get a job, or you're gonna have to figure something out." Um, one of the options were either going back to school. Um, which I didn't want my mom to pay out of pocket. So I was like, you know what? I think the best option is to actually join the Air Force. So about two weeks after getting in country, I decided to to join the Air Force. Of course, that's a process. So uh, within that time span, I had two jobs, and um, I did those until I got shipped off to BMT. So really and truly, um, I was a supply troop material management inside the Air Force. Luckily, I have a successful career. So I started back in 2014. December of 2014 is when they finally shipped me off to BMT. After starting there, you know, went to tech school and all that stuff that um, you guys have uh, went over before. And um, started my career at Altis Air Force Base, Oklahoma. Um, one of the least desirable uh, duty station, let's put it that way. But, you know, you got to... You have that's... a full circle story with that one, don't you? <laughs> I swear to God. So a full story. You guys going to hear this real quickly, but... Uh, so yeah, started my career here as a young airman, and um, I think this base is what kinda. If anybody know the environment here, they realize that there's not a whole lot of options or a whole lot of 
ways to make money or, you know, side hustle or anything like that. But I always say from a rock stone, sometimes you just have a little bit of dirt. You can find a grass or root um, growing. So um, started here, um, went after that, got lucky about 14 months after, went to Korea, South Korea, Kunsan Air Force Base. Did my follow-on to Lake and Ethan. That's where I actually met up with Rusty there at the time, Technical Sergeant Aguilar. Um, after that time period there, um, I just expanded and then right back to Altis Air Force Base where I ended my career um, due to some medical stuff. But I'm, ex 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 I'm absolutely happy with how everything turned out. And uh, I'm just grateful to be here again. And yeah, so that's my story. So you went to Lake and Heath, right? And got out, got out where? So, so actually, I got out. So I got stationed back to Altus Air Force. And that's where I did a whole 360. I think they were like, "Man, you didn't do enough time here." So, so they put me right back to Altus, y'all. And I knew I was gonna be stuck. So when I when when the whole thing went with the medical stuff, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna wait for a waiver." So, and that when I say medical stuff, my eyes, I don't have depth perception. I was trying to fly. Uh, Sergeant Aguilar, he was a really good push factor in ensuring that these goals were met while I was serving underneath him in Lake and Heath. I say, I'm a MiG technical sergeant my first time um, under his leadership. So I got to be grateful for everybody I met along the way. But all, with all th this being said, um, yeah, I got back to Altis, man, and uh, I didn't want to try the whole waiver process. That's when stuff get tricky, and I decided to leave the Air Force um, then. So, But I, I, was, I was happy with the time I served and everything that led up to it. Oh yeah, brother. Hell yeah. I know, uh, when it comes to especially commissioning, especially with being a pilot, you know, even with waivers, I feel like in some circumstances and that just maybe you could clarify, but like when it comes to waivers, when, when getting that, it's, it's hard because Air Force don't want to give a lot of leeway on shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's pretty accurate. And when it comes to like, you know, oh, I want to cross train to be a cop. Well, you have to have a, I don't know, certain... You know, height. Okay, yeah, well, whatever. We just need you to shoot a fucking gun. But, like, yeah, man, being a pilot, and especially you, I know you want to be a fucking jet pilot, so <laughs> you're right. out there fucking pulling G's and shit like that, and you're like, I'm pulling G's, but uh, I can't see. Is that close? Is that far? Right. I can't see. That's, that's very <laughs> true. Don't feel bad. I also could not pass the depth perception test. I have a zero on mine, both times that oh. I went through maps. Well, now I feel better. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm here for you, man. <laughs> yeah. We're here to make you feel better. That's all our. That's yep. all we're Thank here you for. So but much. I, I, so I, I have depth perception, but I do remember like taking that test that like I, I made it to a certain point, and then I was like, ah, nah, no more. But because I do remember like, oh, is it closer or further? I'm like, it's like a fucking dot to me. I don't know. Like, but um, yeah, I remember that test. It made my eyes hurt, but I remember it. So. Okay, I remember when it came for you when you first came under me with as a as a staff sergeant. You were a staff sergeant when you came to me, That's right? That's right. Yes, sir. Okay, because uh, I know you were an airman when you first got there, but That's you were a staff right. sergeant by the time you came to me. Okay, and then you came back from that deployment, which that was the deployment when you were in COVID, huh? So you were gone for a lot longer than you were supposed to be, right? That's right. Ten months. Uh, man. Ten long months. Yeah. Ten long months. Yeah, I remember that. Damn. Um, and while you were there, that's when you told me that you started getting into the stock market, right? Investing? That's right. That's right. Cool. All right. So tell me a little bit about how you kind of came across that while you were down there. How, what, like, what kind of research? What, how'd you learn? And just 
tell us about what you and the stock market and all stuff, because I know a lot of people, they want to learn about the stock market. We watch those movies. We want to be the Wolf of Wall Street kind of shit. But um, tell us a little bit about that. All right. Awesome. So during my time in that deployment, so actually, let's back up a little bit. So back in 2018, I believe, I was actually introduced to the stock market. Back then, I never took it as seriously. So, you know, somebody be like, hey, man, you know, Apple is going to go up or something like that. Or, you know, those uh, top five stocks in a sense, um, the Google, the, the Facebook, all those stuff. So during that time frame, I would like put my money in there, see a little bit of return, get super happy about it and then take out my money. Of course, I don't think at that time you're airmen, so you're not as financially well as, you know, becoming higher ranking. Um, fortunately, I was mill to mill while I was in the military. So um, a lot of stuff would be doubled in a sense. So you get double BH, double this, double that. So um, it kind of gave me the opportunity to invest. So when I got on that deployment, um, I think I actually got linked up with somebody who was, uh, was really big in investing. And uh, I reached out to them, or they reached out to me, actually. And they were like, hey, man, have you ever looked into uh, into options or options trading? So when they said, have you ever looked into options trading? I was like, man, all right. I never really look into options. I just do regular stocks. And I was like, well, I'm making decent money now. And then this was when the crash, um, well, even before the crash. So after, in a sense, the market crash happened back in, March around that time frame when COVID started to become more popular out there and then everything started uh, going downhill. Fortunately, I was already on that deployment for about five to six months. So I had a lot of money saved up and all that stuff. So the stock market is designed. Let's let's say this real quick. The stock market is, is designed in a way where the S&P 500, uh, NASDAQ, all those stuff is designed to where it have to go up. If those don't go up, there would not be a stock market. Investing would be a waste of time. So what happened is each individual stock, in a sense, can crash because companies can go bankrupt, but they can't allow the entire market to go just completely crash. So when you look at, like, say, almost every 10 years, like 20, 2008, for example, around that time frame, and then you look at, um, say, 2020 or 2020, yeah, around 2020 right there, you can tell that it dips. It's going to dip significantly to where everybody panics. That's a lot of people are not financially well, um, are not financially sound, or have the money. And sometimes, even if you're financially sound, you have so much money caught up into it. It becomes if you were pulling off of it every single month, regarding, you know, say you take a thousand dollars out to to take your certain stuff. When you start realizing your money starting to get wiped out, you're going to be like, you know what, let me conserve something because this is my dailyhood and all that stuff. So a big sell-off happened. Everybody panicked. Um, with the knowledge I have, knowing that the market must go back up, it was easy for me to make money back then um, because it's, it's it can only go up. Even if it go down so much more, it won't take too long before either you start making a profit or you're breaking even. Or even if the loss is bad, it, or even if you, you do have a loss, it's not more than 5 to 10% at the most. So um, that's where I really start digging deep in. And then I start looking into companies like, okay, cool. COVID is affecting everything. But what companies are starting to put in like stuff into place? Say, for example, hey, we're going to start doing teleworking, telecommunication to ensure that mission continuation and all those stuff. Because it was, it was a race of, business finding a different way of um, still having 
profitability because a lot of companies go bankrupt during that time frame. So I start realizing the importance of the news and of company. So there's several subscription bases out there where you can find news and a specific company. So like say Nvidia stock or, you know, AMD or something like that. So the news is a driving factor. Good news, always good for stocks because this is going out to the public. Um, you know, there's a lot of driving factors regarding actual trends and patterns within the stock market. And that's where they say, they call it technical analysis. analysis. So TA, that's yeah, very, remember, very important. It's, it's funny you say that because I do remember, you know, when I when you think about it now and you're looking at news in regards to the stock market, as soon as the Keystone XL pipeline was canceled, all the fucking markets crashed down with when it came to energy. Because that's right. they knew Because they knew they weren't going to be getting that anymore. You know, like, damn, dude, that is crazy. Um, but yeah, I never, I never really thought about that because in a sense, if you just pay attention to the news, you might have some inkling of what might happen. That's right. Absolutely correct. So, and then, um, you know, subscription basis, you can find a little bit of news a little bit ahead of time or almost in real time. So um, that, that, that's really one of the things that helped quite a bit uh, while I was in the stock market or when I started learning. So I started learning the importance of the news Watching technical analysis, so you're looking at your, your, your candlesticks. Um, there are certain candle patterns, and again, it's a mind thing where if a certain pattern typically leads to profit, everybody been studying it for so long. It's like, for example, let's say, you know, if, I, if a truck is starting to tilt over, right? Uh, if I, if, if, and, and, you know, five people die, it's only going to take another truck tilting over and be like, hey, casualty can happen from this. So... Uh, and when you look, when you, when you look at, when you have a regard to that in the stock market, um, you know, if something is having a similar pattern and you're seeing it, you know that, Hey, there's a 90% chance or there's a high percentage chance that I'm going to come out. It's profitable. So I start looking at those, um, TAR technical analysis tools. And then I start getting with MACD, RSI indicators, seeing if stuff is oversold or overbought. And, um, those are just stuff that I kind of got paid attention to and, during that time, I used to spend, so when you're on a deployment, you're doing a 12-hour shift. I used to spend an extra five to six hours every night. My eyes would be red, just staying up, just ensuring that the stock I'm zoning in on, I have all the information relevant for the next trading day. So as soon as that bell hit or pre-market hit, I'll actually get into those stock and make a, a decent amount of our money. Because when other people are waking up, say, two to three hours later, and then finally, like, trying to catch up on news, I'm already ahead of the game. So... Uh, those kind of helped a lot. So um, that was probably one of the craziest and coldest time. I think during that time frame, I remember seeing uh, my um, my investing account going from as little as almost, believe about six grand to almost sixty nine thousand dollars within a week. But that's options trading. Yeah, that that was options trading. So uh, his yeah. brother spent a whole nother <laughs> shift after a shift just to make money. I mean, come on now. <laughs> that's right. So. So guys, um, my biggest encouragement is the stock market, it is definitely time consuming, but it is possible. Um, up to this day, I still make money from it. Um, when I got back to England, everybody thought I was a genius because I started buying Toyota Supras. I started buying, you know. <laughs> Bro, I, so I remember one time you were talking about like, because you had a little investment group in the WhatsApp and you're selling, hey, we're right. investing this, investing this. And this was in the height of COVID. And you were like, invest in Campbell's soup. I'm like, what? He's like, people are sick, bro. Invest in Campbell's soup. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this dude talking about? Why am I going to invest in soup? And God damn it, that fucking stock went up. That's right. That's right. 
So, yep, a lot of those um, uh, canned products and stuff like that because people are in fear of their lives. And it's a lot of psychology that really go behind investing. Um, try to just think, like, why would I invest in this right now? The same thing with IA. You know, uh, we're looking at, you know, stocks like NVIDIA, um, powering like the whole IA community and everything like that. If you look at it, the stock have gone up so much since even COVID time. And, uh, you know, IA is becoming a part of our daily lives now. So it's a lot of seeing where the world is heading and watch the news that back it up and ensure that those companies that you believe in um, are legit because there's a lot of scammy companies out there that can spike. <clears throat> and, um, you know, you just have, there's a lot of legit companies out there with valuable news that you can look at and, and, and find those uh, relevant information to make a sound decision regarding investing. All right. So what would you say when it comes to like between just buying stocks and options? Okay. Kind of, clar kind of clarify between those two, because even I don't understand. Absolutely. All right. So think about a stock like this. A stock um, company put a share in there like, hey, listen, this is this is our company. We're doing really well. Uh, if you invest in us or, you know, based on our ideologies or what we support, um, it's a way to make money. It's, it's a way for them to make money. It's a way for you to also uh, make money, right? It's investing. Now, with options, you have no sharing in any kind of any kind of saying in a company or any buying share into it. With, with options trading, is strictly almost like gambling. Is this stock going to go up or down in a given time? So with that, there's a lot more money into it. So let's say, for example, I buy a stock for a stock of, say, Google for $220, right? I have just one stock. That stock, just say it goes up 10%, right? Just say $200. So just to make it easy. So just say go up um, 10%, that's 20 bucks, right? You might have to have waited probably like say, you know, probably five, six, seven months for it to move, say, you know, 10%. Because one day the stock market can't go up in a straight line. It just don't work like that. You have what you call correcting or um, correction and all that stuff. So the stock will go up, then it will correct. After it correct, uh, it will slowly go up again and correct. And it just keep going up like a wave pattern in a sense, right? So... It might go up today 2%, go back down tomorrow 1%, then the next day maybe drop another 0.5%, and then the next day go up 5% and then drop again. So to make 10% is a lot harder in a sense, but it's safer because companies like those are always growing. So if you're trying to be safe, definitely go the stock route. If it's a long haul thing, it's almost like a retirement versus, you know, running to say a contracting job or something like that. If you're trying to make quick money, contracting job would be better in a sense, short term. So if you like trying to move the money from A to B, like, hey, you know what? I'm going to use the 50000 I make from here and then put it into something that's going to be a long-term gain, uh, definitely options. So with options trading, you have the most common thing is a put and a call. A call is saying, hey, this stock is going to go up. Um, just say you guess, hey, you know, this stock is going to go up from, two from say, just say $200 to $210. If the stock actually head in that direction, you can make, quite a bit more money than 10%. Sometimes you can make a 200% return. Sometimes you can make 5% return. Sometimes you can make 300% return in a very short period of time. So in one week, um, just say $1,000 investment can easily become, you know, two, $3,000. Uh, now, if you should buy, as I say, stocks with that $1,000 and say split up in five stocks, uh, you're probably not going to make no more than like, say, 
about 100 bucks, $120 at most, if it goes up uh, significantly. So um, support and cause options trading, uh, that is more so just betting on a direction a stock is going. And then actually investing the stock is actually investing a company in a sense or having shares within a company. So long term, you want to go stock. So I have a lot of long term uh, stocks that is just like it's, I'm making money that way. But um, and then if, if I'm trying to like get in and out, if like tomorrow I'm like, you know what? I don't want to. I, to be honest, I stopped paying for stuff a long time ago. Now, if I'm trying to make a quick hundred bucks or 20 bucks, 30 bucks a weekend or five, six thousand dollars, really and truly, I go in there, take the risk. Um, calculate the risk, of course. This boy is like Lil Wayne. He got old money. You know what I mean? It's growing white hair. <laughs> yep. So, 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 so that that's the way to go. So that's the way to look at it. Stocks, long term, options, very short term because um, you're going against expiration date. You have you call it weekly. Something is expiring within a week or two, and you have like very longer leap. They call it leap investing um, or leap options. Those leap options are saying, hey, within, say, 2024, I'm expecting this to go here. Um, a lot less risk with those, but a lot less uh, profit margin as well. So the more risk, more money. So we're talking about, like, stocks and options and things like that. So I've, obviously I'm, I'm slightly educated on mutual funds, but I'm, I can't speak intelligently on it. Um, do you have any experience with doing like mutual funds and things like that as far not as? Not a hundred percent. So okay. I've, I've been more, yes, ma'am, not a hundred percent. So I'm, I'm more in the stock game. Um, I've seen my money grow there more. I'm trying to like branch out into other safer investment though. With mutual funds, of course, I hear a lot of good stuff about it, but I've been so successful in the stock market itself to where I haven't really exp um, explored those. Yeah. And, um, it, it's crazy because like, you think being in the military, like like what you were saying, you would spend like the second half of your of your day, like really like digging in and trying to figure out the stocks and stuff like that. Um, what kind of what was like the light bulb moment for you where you were like, this is what I want to do and this is what I want to like study and get into? Was it more just I want to make more money or was it, hey, this is something that interests me? And um, could you kind of give us some background on that? Absolutely. No, great question, uh, Jess. So it started really with seeing the actual result of somebody. Somebody started with a thousand dollars, and I kid you not, I won't say her name on camera, but um, I think she actually left the military now as well. But she started with just a thousand dollars, and at that time, uh, say I was big on more the stock side of stuff. So seeing her make almost nine thousand dollars within a short period of time, I was like, God damn, I'm after wait five, six, ten years to see that kind of money with just a thousand dollar investment or if I should have uh, invested a thousand dollars. So it was just curious, like she, I always say this in life, there's nobody that's better or worse than you. If somebody else can learn it, you can too, right? So um, I took it upon myself. I asked her, hey, what kind of resources do you use? What kind of stuff do you typically look for for the graph? And then with everything in life is continuous process improvement. Somebody teach you everything they know you can take that or you can take it and improve it. So I had, the risk is something that I've been dealing with for so long. So it was very interesting to be like, you know what? I don't mind risking two grand. She risked a thousand dollars to make this. I'll try it too. All right. And then I was like, if I lose it, I lose it. However, I'm going to use this as a, as a starting point to really get myself into the game and kind of like 
hey, you know what? Try everything you possibly can not to lose this money. So it was more interesting. And of, of course, seeing just the result from somebody as well, or um, a vet as well. Yeah, that's legit, man. Because I've, you know, like coming up in the Air Force and stuff, like when I joined, the biggest thing I'd heard about was, hey, investor retirement, investor retirement, right? Because like my dad taught me to do that before I'd even come in. Um, and like I had my own Roth IRA and stuff and I didn't know anything about it. I was just like, you just need to put money away. Right. And I never learned about like the different funds and things like that. And I've, I've kind of learned about it as I've gone along. Um, but I've never made that much money <laughs> that you made like doing all the investing and stuff, man. That's incredible. Um, I, uh, kind of switching topics cause I know Rusty, uh, Rusty brought it up. Um, what are some of the side hustles that you were able to be successful with? you know, while you were serving? Oh, while I was serving. Okay, absolutely. So fortunately, when I was in the military and we in a very good environment for side hustles. And the reason why I say that is um, you got people that's always willing. There's somebody that's willing to help you in some form or way. So when I migrated and I, I get over here, I used to, in, 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 in college days, um, I used to do a little bit of lineup in here and stuff like that. However, when I got here, there was a there was another Jamaican guy. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick. This fucking guy made a killing during COVID when all of us were fucking locked up and we couldn't get a goddamn haircut. Every time we were going to work, they're looking at us like, "Where'd you get your haircut?" And we're just sitting there like, "We learned it on YouTube." He, we uh, get, he took we advantage of an opportunity. There, it's know, called being like, resourceful, dude. <laughs> I mean, this fucking guy. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, God damn it! I need to learn how to cut hair, like. So absolutely. So Rusty just hit it on right there. So how I actually started that, uh, there was a Jamaican airman here and um, I actually started that in the Air Force. And guys, just utilize the resource. There's a lot of people that, um, again, will be willing to be like, you know what? You can mess my hair up. Just do it for free. Use those opportunities to learn as much as possible. Um, try to be as best as you can as possible at the same time. Just um, ensure you try something because you're in a perfect environment to do that. So the Jamaican uh, airman, um, he's like, hey, man, I used to line him up. He was like, yeah, man, I can line you up. And he's like, eventually he was like, hey, man, if I buy you a set of clippers, would you cut my hair for free? And I said, hey, man, I don't know how good I am, but I'll try. So I ended up trying messes here for quite a bit. Now, it only took about probably about a month or two of messing him up to where the other folks thought I was good enough to be like, yeah, just give him a try. You know what I'm saying? He's probably better than the BX anyways. Because the BX is, is, is known to, to maybe not give you the best haircut sometimes, depending on, on where you're at. So I started that as a airman. And as I say, I don't know if I've just been fortunate or lucky. Or, and I can't say lucky. You have to have the will to learn and the will to try. Um, so during that time frame, I just got really well. And uh, it, it worked out I was in the dorms. So all the dorm airmen eventually start coming to me and then I start getting exposed to different hair types and all those stuff. And uh, from there I grew. I think I, as, as an airman, I was making probably about an extra eight, nine hundred bucks a month. So, uh, yeah. So because everybody will just. As an airman, that might as well be a million dollars a month. Yeah, it might as well. That's, really? that's good pay on top of yeah. what you're getting because you're not getting much. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so it worked out there so that was one of my very first side hustles um and then that's something that is you can carry wherever you are in the military right or wherever base you go to if you're good you're just good and i just got really especially when you're deployed especially when you're deployed there you go. absolutely oh and i wanted to say this actually at the first portion of the podcast 
one of the most important thing to do as an airman, as a, it don't matter what rank you are, be a good troop. And if you're a good troop first, your supervisors and all those people will actually pour into you, having a real understanding of like, you know what, when this person actually shows up or when, or every time that they show up, they give the A game. So they'll be very supportive. And uh, it kind of piggyback to that deployment. When I was on that deployment, hopefully I don't get nobody in trouble. But I was, I was good at what to do. I learned. I try to learn my job as much as possible. I take care of my troops. I did all that, all the stuff that's required and even more, right? And um, in fact, the downtime, my supervisor was like, "Hey, you are you you okay to cut here if you need to?" You know what I'm saying? Um, and no, if I was a trashy troop or a trashy person in a sense. Uh, maybe those opportunities wouldn't be given to you. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they'll look at it like he's just trying to slack off. But they know that it's just the down times that I'll actually do certain stuff like that in. So uh, ensure that you're a good troop first. Ensure you're a good troop so you can, um, people will work with you more. So uh, my biggest encouragement when it comes to that portion of stuff is that, you know, again, get out there, try to learn something try to find somebody that is supportive of it you will find somebody that's supportive of it. if you're female you can do braids or hair all those stuff go ahead and try those stuff if you can do nails or certain stuff like that go ahead and try it right for men the same thing uh you guys you guys can well not trying to play the gender role uh, yeah i'm not trying to get in trouble here but um whatever you whatever your sex is or whatever you want to get into you know car detailing you know what i'm saying certain stuff like that go ahead and uh, get it started. You know, you might have to give up a little bit in the beginning, like doing stuff for free. You might have to use a little bit of your product, but you only take one clean car in the parking lot. Are you, you know, you corrected somebody like say their um their their car? What do you call that again? The the light bulbs or anything like that or those stuff. For somebody to be like, oh, mine is messed up, man. You mind doing it? How much do you charge? So again, just get out there, uh, look at those stuff, or just 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 be open minded and just just try something. So. During the time, that was one of the side hustles, one of the main things. I think right now I'm still doing it on the side. I'm making probably an extra, probably two, three thousand dollars right now. I kid you not. Um, I, I, I do the GS job during the day, and then I cut from almost. Seriously, yeah. what do you do outside of just make money? Like, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> no, I, like, I ain't gonna lie to you. That that's the downfall. The times gonna come when I try. I try to enjoy, it, but for real, life is good, man. Um, but. But I do enjoy it. I, I drink a few beer here and there and, you know, treat myself to some nice sports cars and stuff occasionally. But, um, yeah, so you want to definitely try something. You're going to get better at it. You're going to suck at first, no matter what you do. You always got to suck at first. You're going to fail at first, but keep trying, just like you guys are doing. You guys don't suck, though. That's the good part. So, um, but you guys are trying, and uh, eventually you'll reach the right people. And that's a start. That's what everybody needs to understand is just, just go for it. If you have the idea of it, do it. Um, so that's one of the side hustles, as I mentioned. Um, when I got to England, I realized that buying and selling cars could be a thing. So look at the advantages that you can have. It's sad to say this, and I'm not picking on people, but a lot of Americans do not know how to drive a manual vehicle, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> You're not wrong. Definitely right, not wrong. <laughs> Especially younger generation. So with that being so they haven't been on the deployments yet to, you know, beat up the, the, the vehicles from vehicle maintenance and all those stuff. So um or learn to drive manual cars. 
So when I first got there, I was like, man, what? How can I make some money off of this? And I kid you not, I bought my first car. And uh, after I bought my first car, I was like, all right, cool. So if I get a car from London, the cars around base is a lot more expensive because that's just how it is. They target Americans in, in, in the sense where the price yep. is going to be a little bit more. That's just how it is. <laughs> so price was like, all right, cool. I can get the same car in London for probably about four, five, six, seven hundred pounds less. Right. I was like, OK, cool. However, though, they have the whole taxing thing in order to legally drive a car. You have to have insurance on it and you have to have tax on it or the MOT you have to be up to date and all those things. But there's a way around it. And that's the that's the thing with life. There's going to always be a way around the system. So instead, what I do is if somebody is, say, probably not in London, but a lot closer, I'll be like, hey, listen, man, I'm trying to buy your car. It's an automatic car. I'm very good at negotiating. So I was like, hey, um, I see the price is this. However, I'm in a, some financial burden or something right now, man. I'm just trying to get some help. So they'll be like, all right, man, cool. I can only do this. Okay, absolutely. I said, Here's a problem. I can't get to you. Despite I could, I was like, I can't get to you. Do you mind dropping the car off? And then um, I'll either have, you know, say my wife's car or something like that to drop it back off or something like that. Right. I have a story down there. Like, hey, if you drop that one off, we'll, I'll have her probably drop us there or something like that. Or, hey, she's not home right now. So when they drop the car off, avoid having to put insurance on it because they'll have insurance on it to drive it there. I wouldn't have to register the car in my name at all. So all those fees and all those stuff, I'll avoid. Now, it's completely legal once you get the car. They have this V5C where, in a sense, a car title that they transfer over to you. So I'll post that car the same day. Hey, man, I got this car for, just say I got it for $1,200. bucks. i will sell that car back for $1,600. But in reality, I'll still be doing my own people justice because um, if they were supposed to buy that same car in that, in that area, it would be a lot more. It would probably be $2,500, $3,000. So a lot of people would be like, you know what, I'll buy this for 1600 today. And it's very, you know, in a sense, it's cheap. So I worked it that way. And then they'll just go ahead and then register the car. And then all those taxing and everything like that would fall in them to do, which they'll have to do regardless. So uh, I started that there and I started making some good money. And then I really got hit up with some people regarding buying and selling vehicles, uh, importing vehicles from the States or into the States. So I bought a Toyota Super there, a Land Rover Defender. And um, I got back here and I make significant amount of money from those. When I say significant, significant amount of money from those. <laughs> a lot yeah. of money. You're saying a, a lot, lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, though, guys, like I'm talking like he could easily double this fucking investment on those because people want those like Americans want those right hand seat drive Supras, those right hand seat drive uh, defenders. Just because it's right hand seat drive. Like that's one hundred percent literally that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, just be aware of your surrounding. Realize what you can have in the local area you're at. As I say, no matter where you're at in the world. Uh that's the good thing with the military. You travel so many places, there are gonna be opportunities for you to make money. And if you're gonna look at the same thing that everybody else is looking at, you know what? Oh, let me try to get a part time job at the BX and all those stuff. There, there's only so many jobs at the BX. You know what I'm saying? There's only so many jobs that you can authorize to work. So always try to look a little bit outside of the box. Look at, in a sense, side hustles, stuff that you can do without any kind of military involvement or certain stuff like that or 
um, you know, asking for permission or certain stuff like that, because there is a legal process where if you're trying to get a side job, you got to get, you know, supervisor coordination and all those stuff. So be mindful of stuff like that. But there's definitely, there's definitely opportunities wherever you are. Um, and then, so those are what I did while I was in the military. Now, uh, man, it, it, it grew from there. Actually, I forgot one. I have so much stuff. So I actually started my home inspection. <laughs> I started my home inspection uh, licensing. So I'm a certified home inspector for the state of Oklahoma. I started that when I was active duty. So that was super easy to do. <laughs> so I got here. Wow, you didn't even tell me that one. God damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, let me see. So this is one of the LLC right here. Oh, my bad. So right here. I know you guys on, on campus. Oh. I know you guys can see it right here, but that's right. So it's all the legal documents and certificate and everything like that. So uh, so I started that when I was it's active It's legit. Duty. Yeah, it's legit. You got to be. <laughs> so when I was active duty, these are something that you guys, everybody that's listening right now can do. If you're in a state, think about it. We always try to buy a home wherever we are. The reason being the BAH is covering for it. So you kind of get all that money once you sell it back, right? It's almost having the government pay for your house and then you have the option of renting it out or all that stuff in the long run. Now, <clears throat> I got here and we needed a home inspector for this house. And uh, I thought about it and I was like, man, we had to get somebody from almost an hour and a half away. We have to pay for it. They're feeding the, the cost for it. Of course, they're going to factor in like gas and all that stuff. And I was like, so that means there's probably not many licensed home inspectors around the, this area. As I say, I'm opportunist. So I said, well, I'll bridge that gap. So um, I went ahead. I looked into the process because you want to be legal as much as possible, especially when you're in America. Because here, stuff will fall back on you. You can't do stuff unless you're certified, unless you're licensed and all those stuff. So I looked into it and the requirements weren't too much. So... I think what I did was, the first thing I did was form an LLC. After I did that, um, I kind of did it backwards. You could actually go do the state exam first, or study, and then do the state exam. But you have to have some pre-requirements. You have to have 90 hours of um, online or in-school um, teachings and all that stuff. Then you get a certificate from there where you have to successfully pass it. So I started that. As soon as um, as soon as soon I got my certification, went to the state, take the state exam, all that stuff, I had gotten started, gotten calls. And it was like, hey, man, uh, they put you on this international site. So you guys can check it out, too. I'm a certified home inspector. Uh, so they have an international site. They'll go there and be like, hey, I got my website up and I did all this stuff. And then I reach out to a few companies that do online marketing and all that stuff. So I got established here. And then I remember like about probably about three to four days after I got my license, I started doing my first job, started making three, four, five hundred dollars on the site just like that. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. I cannot underestimate the work that I'd have to put in because you're looking for every single thing. You're looking for electrical issues. You're looking for circuit issues. You're looking for just about everything, any kind of leaks, structural problems, cracks, everything. I can go in a whole nine yards about that. But that's something that I say every single viewer on here, our, our listener, can actually do. So look for, you know, look for even working for a real estate company on the weekends, you know? Uh, if you have a very predictable job, that's something that you can just get your feet wet into. If you're a good speaker, I'm not that good speaker. The amount of arms I say in this interview is ridiculous. However, <laughs> however, I went to a real estate per, uh, per, uh, people and when I was getting uh, my keys and I was like, hey, you know, I'm not 
not a hundred percent set on this, but are you guys open to active duty members working here on the weekend, so to speak? Would I be able to answer emails after work if I should get my license? And he said, absolutely. I love you personally. I think you'll be a great part of the team. I did not do it though, but this is options that's out there for people to do. You go there, you answer emails on the weekend. Okay, cool. Yep, we can have a scheduled visit on Saturday at 10 a.m. or whenever is um, beneficial to everybody. And you can start getting your feet wet. That way, whenever it's time to either decide to stay in or get out, you have certain experiences under your belt. So those are some of the side hustles, again, that started while I was in. <clears throat> on the outside, <laughs> on the outside, <laughs> I have several rental cars down there in Dallas, Texas now. Uh, you guys go check them out, the Black um, Enterprise. So I bought two rental cars. The goal is to have another three by the end of September. I want to have five there and then eventually have my own rental because um, there is money in it. There's definitely money into the rental uh, fleet. So I'm doing that. And then I also have <clears throat> I own and operate a small pressure washing company. Everybody probably have the question, how the hell do you balance all these stuff while still having a nine to five? And the question is, you have to have a good support system. You got to have proper time management. I'm still doing school. As I mentioned, I'm in my master's program. It's a lot of writing. I was doing my bachelor's degree, and um, you have to come here. I graduated with a 3.93 GPA. Not bragging, but what I'm trying to get at is I was still committed while, you know, it wasn't given, right? So you have to have really good time management skills. You have to have the will to do it. If you're a TV watcher, you're not going to be able to do that. I can't remember the last time. Oh, watched- hold up, hold up. Let's not get on us TV watchers, okay? <laughs> I think I have a lot of good time management outside of the four hours of TV I watch when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I'm going to have to give, all right? So if you're good like Rusty, I know this man is a very hard worker himself, very hard worker. Um, I'll tell you that. I'll work with him, and I, I promise you to God, because I don't like this to be about me, but I know right now it's just me reaching out to the mess. But that's a hard worker. I've met him. I've, I've worked with him personally, and I'm telling you guys, man, like his work ethic and just his knowledge and the, 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 the amount of work that he put into people and just ensuring that you feel supported, ensure that you feel understood. Like, I don't know if it's because of what he's been through, but for real, for real, you don't feel like you're working, working, or you're feeling like you're, you know, in an environment like a factory or something. You can come in and be like, hey, man, my bad, I'm running late. He'd be like, all right, no worries, man. Um, I completely understand. Cool. Just get it together or whatever the case is. But it's not, you know, of course, he's going to correct you as he should. Like, hey, man, you can't be late every day now. But I do understand sometimes oversleeping is fine. There's a lot of times, um, in fact, or not a lot of times, but there's a couple of times where, you know, meetings and all that stuff. I might have missed something or not say something or certain stuff like that. He's going to take the L and then deal with you on the, on the, on the next side. He's not going to story to the host. And that, that speaks volume. But uh, back to the whole professional stuff. Yeah, so I do the whole own and operate a small pressure washing business. Um, the goal is to actually reach a few contracts here. I did get a contract for the base housing team. Another thing that you guys can look into. Um, so a lot of people, PCS in and out. We know military members. We're kind of do it our own. So we do oil changes in our driveways. We wash our cars in our driveway. We do all these stuff. I saw the opportunity. And the key word again, the opportunity. I went there and I just went to the maintenance office. I was like, hey, I realize you guys don't have a pressure washing company out here. There are several stains on the driveways and everything like that. I just started. 
um, a pressure washing company, I feel like I'll be a great addition. I say I'm a vet myself. I'll try to see if I can do a military discount, especially depending on contract, blah, blah, that stuff. And, you know, I land that contract. When I land the contract, however, though, they, it wasn't budgeted for them to do X amount of uh, work. Um, so they were like, hey, we're not budgeted for the amount of job that's there. So they were like, hey, we might have to do it next year. It would be as required. But uh, the insurance that I have to get that to perform um, the, the, the jobs there was... It wasn't adding up. I'll be losing money. So I was like, okay, cool. Whenever it's budgeted, uh, just know that I'm a call away. So those are stuff you can look into. There's a, If you're in a nice HOA home community, uh, you can go ahead and you know start one driveway here and there. It's keeping up with the Joneses in those um, areas. So if one person driveway is standing out, next person, they got the money. They're going to be like, hey, sister, who do this? Okay, yeah, I got a little pressure washing guy to come out here and do it. No, they want it. And then now you have two houses that look stand out from the rest. Everybody wanted. That's how you make money. I remember doing a job up in uh, Edmond, and it was an HOA community. I was on a rooftop doing uh, gutter cleaning and all that stuff. And the next person was like, hey, what are you doing over there, bud? And I was like, oh, yeah, just, you know, cleaning up some trees and all, or the, the leaves and all that stuff in the gutters and shingles and all that. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty bad. And then he's like, hey, you mind just checking mine out afterwards to see if you need cleaning? What's your price? And just like that. You have two, three, four jobs lined up. So these are all stuff that I say I'm not a genius. It's just taking, just taking, just taking the opportunity and and and, uh, and going. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that sees an opportunity just from a a guy riding a bike. Like you know what? There's something there. There's something there. <laughs> <laughs> kind of but, true. You know, it's funny you say that. Like you know, when you're out doing something and you just somebody's walking by and then all of a sudden you you have you know, another customer because I mean, shit like that happened, you know, when I was living in base housing at Lake and Heath, because I'll be sitting out there doing something. You just see these kids push around the mower. And I was like, Hey, okay. Comes over. I was like, how much? He's like 20 bucks. I was like, come do my next. You're like, just cause like, I don't fucking mow my own yard. Like, but nah, these kids are trying to do something. So I, I you know, you, everybody want to help them out, but it's crazy how shit like that. Well, will just entice you in and like, Oh, look, they're doing something. Maybe we'll see. Absolutely. 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 So out of everything, because I know with your actual companies and your businesses that you own, right? I mean, that's where you're like, you are in there grinding, putting in work. When it comes to like all the stock market stuff, you have that kind of set as passive income. You know, it's just coming yeah. as it as it does, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. uh, what I would say for anybody when it comes to when you're wanting to think about that life of and I make money, right? And you just go to sleep and you wake up, boom, there's money. I think people get a little bit uh, lost in, well, if I start this and then it's going to end up happening, but then all of a sudden they realize, shit, I got to do a lot of fucking work to get to that money, which there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're trying to think of, oh, I just want to wake up and money be in my account, you know, because of you're that guy. Well, that's where you have to differentiate what kind of income you're looking for. You're looking for income that you're going to put in work. Are you looking for income that you that's passive, meaning it kind of takes care of itself? And I think that's where people kind of get confused on, you know, because you know what I'm trying to do right now uh, with me and Destiny, we're trying we're getting some uh, a little side hustle set up with the uh, Airbnb rentals. As soon right. as it, and as soon as it uh, we can get it all set up and everything, it will literally handle itself. You know, we might be that like, hey, we, there's an issue. Uh, we'll have a maintenance person come out or whatever like that. But aside from that, I mean, Airbnb, the, the model and stuff like that, 
online and everything, it takes care of itself. It really does. You know, it's, it's all automated. But that's the kind of stuff that people have to understand between what kind of money, what kind of life you're looking for. You're looking for a, um, a life where, you know, you just you, you, you put in some work and all of a sudden you get it onto a basis where it's automated and, all, and you don't really have to do spend too much over there. Therefore, you can focus on something else. That's passive. That's what you do with your stocks and options, right? Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. So now that, now that I have a bigger working capital, uh, it's easy. It, the more money you really make um, is the truth. You, make, you, you start making more money easier because 10% of $100,000 is $10,000. 10% of $100 is only $10, right? $10 is something that if you go to McDonald's, you just use back the money that you made, right? Or if you have waited for it for, you know, just say you start with a $10 invest, I mean, $100 investment, that money you don't get to see, unfortunately. It's not that you're not making gains. It's just that your initial investment is so little to where the money, it's, it's almost pointless. With inflation and everything like that, by the time you make anything, it's gone. You know, it disappears. Now, as I mentioned, if you're making 10%, which is very easy to make in the stock market, especially with how volatile it is right now, um, or 5% or something like that, that's still five grand that you can make if you have a top, if you have... Um, you know what I'm saying? A hundred thousand dollars invested, the same thing. So I got quite a bit of money in there. So even if for the day I only make 2% or 3%, which is again, very, very common for each day, the market can go down today, three to 4%. And then the next day go up 7%, but overall you're up. And, uh, with the amount of money that's invested now, it's like, it's just easy to, 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 to see your return and just be very happy with it. So. Um, along with everything else, let's say the rental stuff. I have a few screenshots here. Uh, I try to in, 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 uh, tell a lot of people like, hey, there are so many ways to make money in this world. And you just have to have good connections, good people that you can trust and have them do the work. So the rental business I have, of course, is, uh, is personal um, people that I've known and worked with. So they kind of let me in. However, I have to give something up. So I gave 30% up. They're like, hey, for each car you bring here, I'm going to take 30% and give you 70%. Absolutely. But every single week, I'm looking at six or seven to 800 bucks, right? If the cars are rented for the entire week. So looking at an extra 2,400 bucks, sometimes 24, anywhere between 2,400 bucks, almost three grand extra a month um, after they get their cut. Now, <clears throat> those are the stuff that comes in very handy is the money that you're not working for. And that's why I said I'm trying to actually expand on that side because that, in a sense, is probably if I'm going to leave the nine to five world, if because I, I think I'm a worker, I'm a worker. Bee. I love I love showing up, talking to people, smiling. I can't be at home fully. It's just not me. I realize that. Well, you yeah. think about that when you're using that nine to five to build the clientele for your for your other stuff. I mean, you really that's are, true as well. you know, like because think about it. You hustled the hell out of us for haircuts. You met us at work. So that is true. So I'm saying like, you know, that. that I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact, like, you know, if, you know, if we get this Airbnb thing, like start flowing and everything like that, we have that passive income. I'm not leaving Lockheed. I fucking I love, love my job, you know, I got to love my job. And then that's just, that's just more, you know what I mean? Because when it comes go. down to where I'm in my mid thirties, I really have to start thinking about putting more faster towards retirement and more for my children and stuff like that. You know, so that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for. Yeah. We'll have more coming in, but that's not to say, okay, well now I have an extra 5,000 a month. What can I spend that on right now? No, that's not what it's for. You know what I mean? Like, it's to build, it's to move forward, it's to elevate, you know, stuff like that. Not just to be like, all right, now I can afford that Corvette. We're good. You know what I mean? 
I do want a Corvette, but that's not why. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I get that. You know, like I, I, I would have, I've never had any type of, you know, like thing about me. I was like, man, if the podcast goes fucking nuts and I'm, I'm going to quit. No, I love my job. I would never quit my job, but I'm always going to keep grinding and putting in the work that we need to do for this, you know, and then so on and so forth, you know? So to me, just like you, I mean, I, I do actually sleep though. Uh, I might not be able to, you know, put in that much, but I'm gonna put in some. I'm putting some. Well, you know, I'm happy that they caught that um, sleep insomnia. Thanks to the military, but I'm also happy I get compensated for it. So thanks to the disability. Shout out to the VA. Um, <laughs> but uh, so making sure use of your time. That's that's absolute. <laughs> absolutely, the best the best thing ever happened. The best diagnosis. But um. But, but real talk though, uh, you're absolutely right. What's better than a million dollars, a million dollars and one. You know what I'm saying? If you're still capable of, and you know, I'm gonna hit on this real quick, man. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they get out. And even if they get a, you know, even if they get a really good rating, they typically, you know what? I'm gonna just chill. You know what I'm saying? And they like, reuse their lifestyle like that they'll be like you know what if i just you know pay this 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 and this then i can survive and then they don't want to work we're still young you know what i'm saying we're still young people are still working up until they're 70 sometimes some people are working up until they're 65 there is no way i'm gonna be at home trying to be like oh well i'm getting this over here fortunately and i'm getting this passive income here i can do this and the trading i can just do this you have to be smart when investing, when working with money. And um, if you love what you do, that's that's the only thing it really do for you, really, is give you the opportunity to do what you love. So if tomorrow come and I lose passion in this job, I can be like, okay, cool. The house ain't going to be gone or going to foreclosure or anything like that. I have enough coming in to take care of certain stuff. But still, find what you love. Still have that hustle instinct to be happy, to, to work. That's an extra four or five thousand dollars um, steady income. Um, a lot of people don't think about this as well, but when banks are trying to give you loans for it, even if you're trying to get a business or anything like that, they don't give a fuck about the the the, the your pressure wash and you know the inconsistent income. They want to see do you have a full a steady job that can pay for this? So again, guys, no matter where you at, a lot of people are rushing to. You know, I'm going to get out, I'm going to do business and all that stuff. Do you have capital to start with? Because if you're leaving a nine to five or, or something stable to start a business, you will need something stable as a proof to get funding for that if, you, if you're not in that financial situation. So please be mindful of that. As I say, I love my nine to five. I'm ready to move to something else um, or just the area in a sense. I'm working but, on it for you, bro. I'm working on it. Uh, Thank you, thank you. So I just just hinting real quick, you know what I'm saying? Trying to move to somewhere else, you know. And um, but that's a, something that I think I'll continue to do because I love just to say the interaction and having a sense of you know objective and all that stuff. So um, yeah, so just be mindful of that. As Rusty to say, uh, you know, no matter what, you couldn't be making a million dollars over here. I can't. I can only drink so much for the day. I can only chill so much for the day. You know, your time got to be spent wisely. And no, no matter where you're at, it, it becomes a part where are you enjoying what you do? Continue to do what you love to do. And I say, what's better than a million dollars? A million dollars and one. So, um, so that's the life. Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, we're lazy. But um, guys, 
I told you this is going to be some great info. I mean, shit. I know this. I've known this dude for a while, and then it never ceases to amaze me that I can just learn more. I mean, goddamn. But this is what I'm talking about, guys. This is the type of stuff that, you know, some of us join the military because, you know, we we have nothing else to go for. We have no job. We have no, we have no, like, hope for the future at that point in time in our lives. So we'll join because, what is it? It's a steady fucking paycheck every two weeks. We know we're getting paid, right? You get... You can get free housing, you know, for some, sometimes depending on your situation as a family or as a single airman, you're just living in the dorms. Like, but then we still struggle our asses off. It's just that fucking paycheck, you know? And it's funny how some civilians are like, man, you guys, you're in the military. So you, you, you make money. Like, no, we fucking don't. <laughs> we really don't guys. I mean, shit, unless you're an officer. And even then as an officer, you gotta be like a captain or a major and up. We don't make shit, guys. We really fucking don't. I mean, because if we made all this money, you wouldn't have senior NCOs. Jess will even attest this. You wouldn't have senior NCOs, these people who are in the top three ranks that are fighting their asses off out of debt as a family. You know, we, we do not make that much money. And this stuff like this, stuff that I wish I would have known when I was a younger, like airman coming up, you know what I mean? Like, I, I wish I would have known so much more and I would have been a lot more fucking responsible and who fucking knows where I'd be right now if I knew how to save money and even the least bit. I mean, I'm, to me, as soon as I saw, ooh, payday, let's go out to eat. Fucking spend it all. Like, you know, because shit, when I was a was E2, <laughs> just, a, just a mosquito cypress. E2, I was making like five, $600 every two weeks. Guys, that is fucking dog shit. <laughs> Oh my God. Like, yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. That's the type of money that I was making as an airman. And people were thinking that I made so much money because I was, I was like, no, that's not how it is. I mean, Jess, you're an E7, right? You big old badass senior NC over here, Master Sergeant on here. How well off are you? Um, Let's just say I'm recovering from a divorce and we'll go with that. But I am fortunate because I have been able to start putting money away again, but I am nowhere near where I could have been if I hadn't made the financial mistakes that I made when I was younger. So yeah, you live and you learn the hard way, but I like that Donovan, that you had brought up the stuff about car detailing. Um, cause I've talked to Rusty about this. I've wanted to start that business. Um, but I mean, it just goes back to me, like how, how am I going to make time to do this kind of stuff? You know, um, but it's something that I enjoy doing and it's something that I would want to do as a business. So it may not be while I'm serving. It may be something I do after I retire. Uh, mm -hmm. but that's one of those things that I always keep in the back of my head. Like, Oh, I, I enjoy, you know, doing car detailing and this might be something that I can do, you know, later on to keep myself busy. Like you said. Yes, man. That's, that's what's up. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I don't know, I'm really good at like, you know, recommending people to do stuff. I don't know. Maybe I can be a consultant. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still trying to find that little bit of etch with me, you know, something little extra. And I'm always down to, I'm always down for anything, really. Like, people come to me with ideas like, oh, that's a fucking good idea. And then I'm like, fuck, how are we going to do that? I don't want to do that. <laughs> but, you know, but that's that's why I was like, when I came to Jess with the podcast, you know, and it was like, well, I mean, we're it's not a crazy big initial startup fee, stuff like that, but here we we're able to record and give info to people, you know? So this is kind of where, like, that little bit of me putting that extra time and putting in that extra, you know, hustle in to help, you know, help people. Cause in the end, when it comes to me, my whole life has always been about, I just want to help people. 
I just want to help people be their best selves, be informed, whatever. Like, you know, it's a natural thing about me. I know that I'm supposed to be in in a service uh, type of industry to help people. So that's one of my biggest uh, things when it came to start, came to starting this podcast, you know, uh, when it came to the military, eh, I just ended up helping people. So, but, um, yeah. And I know that's a big comment for Jess too, with her, you want to be at a first sergeant when she gets, uh, up and moving on to bigger and better things here pretty soon but shit here we are all right um any last words of wisdom donovan like for for anybody when it comes to young uh, middle old who cares any last couple of tidbits that you think that is good to know for them if they really want to start to make some extra money all right awesome so um just really just a summary of um or summarize everything um as I say, first and foremost, if you're in the service, man, um, and you're a younger airman, to get that support you need, please, please, please take pride in your actual work first, right? As I say, everything else is going to pan out. You can't just, you know what, um, I'm going to run off, I'm going to do all these stuff and everything like that. No, you're feeling like you're getting treated differently or wrong when your EPR reflecting crap, you know what I'm saying? Because your side hustle is not going to reflect on... You know what I'm saying? Your nine to five work. No, if you kind of reverse that and you're a great troop, it's just like, hey, you know what? This person kick ass at work, but at the same time, they're putting that same effort in whatever to do off duty. You'll get more support that way. So um, I think uh, for the younger folks, if you're if you're in the service or in any job at all, just ensure that you're not sacrificing your main income for just the potential for something. So uh, that that's, that's one thing that to be considered. So uh, while you're at work, try to be at work. Um, if, if downtime allowed, as I say, uh, when I'm working with Rusty, he allowed me a lot of opportunities to, 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 to do certain researches or while I'm on lunch, you know what I'm saying? I'm unbothered. He's not calling me and be like, Hey man, you got to come back to the office or certain stuff like that. So he showed his support in whatever way he could, because you know, while I was there, I do the job that I need to do as, to the best of my ability. So again, just be a good person, be a good troop first. Um, the next thing that I'll say is really, um, if you have the idea, don't take no for an answer. You're going to have a lot of naysayers. Um, you're going to have a lot of people that don't share the same vision as you. And, uh, it's completely fine to try and fail. You know what I'm saying? It's completely okay. If, if you, if the money don't get, you know, if the money don't get lost one way, it's going to get lost another way. Right. Um, but I'd rather try and fail. So, what I'll get at is before, when I bought the cars, I was like, you know what, man, what if I just buy these two cars with my money and, you know what I'm saying, uh, I got to be paying insurance, overhead costs, and it don't work out. But what if it do, right? You know what I'm saying? Worst come to worst, yeah, you might have to sell the cars back for, say, $1,000 less than that. But as as a lot of people say, you know, I'm, I'm a, when I go out, I have fun. And I drink heavily, I have fun, I spend money, I get too happy. I'd lose the money in another way. So I'd rather... Utilize that money for something good with the hopeful of being hopeful that it's going to be successful. But if it don't, don't beat myself up. The money would get lost some other way. Buy a pair of shoes, you travel somewhere and plane tickets or something. Vegas. Yeah. You go to Vegas and blow it. That's right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Some blackjack, all that stuff. It's going to go. So don't take no for answer. If you put logical thought into it, because you're going to have some shit ideas. That's just the truth. You're going to have some ideas that somebody's going to be like, man, I don't think it's smart. And it's just the truth. They're being transparent with you. Don't take it as, you know, this person doesn't want to see me shine and all that stuff. You got so many people leaving the military. 
and I listen to them daily and it's just like, man, the expectations and reality is just not what it is. I'm not going to tell you no, but I'll tell you that initially you're going to struggle. You know what I'm saying? Everybody would want, for example, maybe Rusty would love for the podcast the first day to have a million views. It takes time to build to that, right? So just be mindful of that. Don't take no for an answer. However, be mindful that things does take time or could take time. You really need to come in it with reasonable, like realistic expectations. Like that. I have my expectations of, look, I know it's going to be rough. I know it's not going to be easy. I know as we come over, you know, to these podcasts, as we go through the episodes, you'll hear that we, we either sound really shitty, really good, you know, because we're trying to figure out equipment and stuff. But I know that that's the growing pains we're going to go through. Realistically, I knew that it was going to probably take probably a few months before maybe we even get to like a hundred committed listeners. And we're actually already past that, which is nice, you know, but my goal, yeah, I would love a million listeners. We would all love that, but I'm not going to say, man, my first year, I'm going to have a million listeners. That is not fucking realistic. And I'm not even close to being in there. I'll be, I'll be happy with a thousand listeners in the first year. If we just keep hustling, right. You know what I mean? But Absolutely. you got to have a reasonable, realistic expectation. And that's why, you know, you have those short-term goals to a long-term, you know, destiny, right? So my short-term goal would be thousand listeners within the first year. My ultimate destination, you know, when this is, if we get this going and everything, we're, you know, multiple platforms, we have actual like video live streaming where we can interact, stuff like that, have a studio. Like that's my overall goal that I would like to, but I know that I'm not going to have that within the first year. That's not realistic. And then you put that self in your head and you're like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And great hustle and grind. But then knowing that that's just not going to happen, you get to that year mark and you're not even like, not even microscopically close to that overall destination, then boom, you're let down. You think you're a failure because you did not have a realistic, manageable expectation to start with. See, that's why you're getting paid a big box, y'all. You can argue. No, I don't. You're not going to sit here and tell me I'm making big bucks after all the shit you just listed. <laughs> no, well, this this is the reason why he's such a good supervisor, and um, he actually deserved to be where he's at in life because. As I say, man, this man is is amazing. So as you say, have a realistic goal. Be mindful of the expectations you make. And then even if you don't cut those expectations, um, just know that the time is going to come. Um, so um, another thing that I was saying that is ensure that um, you have the will to try. If uh, anything at all, uh, I tried stocks and I was successful. It helped me out a lot. Actually, it made the basis of life for me regarding getting into you know, importing cars and still making certain connections because those guys, they realize that I'm not just a dreamer or somebody like, oh, you know, you got a cool car. I want to have it. It's like I actually have the money to buy it. So because of that, you have those lifelong um, people that you can reach back to and be like, hey, I'm trying to get a car and they know you're serious. So, um, so always have the will to try. The reason me trying was one of the reasons that have set me up for life in a sense, along with other events, of course. But just always have the will to try. Um, look for the opportunities in your local area. You know, uh, stop thinking about a million years down the line or anything like that. See what you have there that you can do and start something there because those experiences are going to be built. Those experiences are going to be profitable in small ways. So, you know, if it's, Hey, you know, if somebody, let me, I'm just thinking of something off the top of my head, right? Hey, 
you, you're on a little Facebook group. Hey, if anybody need anything like moving during deployment, PCS or anything like that, I'm willing to help moving stuff, right? And you can become just a mover for the environment. It's just more like, hey, I know somebody that have helped move, you know, furnitures or certain stuff like that for people separating or something like that. Or, you know, just PCS in or somebody during deployment. He's a dude that's safe. He respect the household or anything like that. Your, your, your kid or whoever can be feeling safe around him. Just something like that. So just look for the opportunities that you have because there is something. As I say, I can... I think at this point in my life, <laughs> truly, I can walk in the street and I can come back home legally with more money than I left with because there's so many opportunities if it comes down to it. Hey, I realize outside there's a lot of trash. How can I pick that up? And you know, you know what I'm saying? Something. There's something there for everybody. So be just be mindful of that, that there is, don't, don't look at the bad for the environment. I'm in an environment where I'm, I'm kind of hitting my ceiling. My time is maximized between cutting hair, pressure washing. I got to travel two to three hours away to do certain jobs and everything like that. It's cutting to your profit margin. You don't have no time, all that stuff. So I had to be, so and that's why I'm ready to, in a sense, leave from this environment. But there is still opportunities and there's still a whole lot that I'm making from here. So, um, you know, we're well into six figures, but yeah, so, so life is good. <laughs> oh yeah, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. Just one info sharing, letting people kind of know, you know, that maybe some of their ideas aren't are as crazy or outlandish and giving them kind of that little framework of look, if you want this, fucking go for it. If you, if you think it's a good idea, try it. Cause I think some of the best things I've heard, like, you know, who do you respect more? Somebody who, you know, tried an idea that maybe wasn't a really good idea, but then they failed or somebody who, you know, just went, you know, with, something that was stable because it was something they can just go into easy. He's like, no, I respect the guy that tried because at least he fucking tried. He, he put his heart into it. He, you know, yeah, maybe it was a shitty idea, but this guy was committed enough to get his ass out there and fucking try, you know? And to me, that's a lot more respectable when it comes to like, oh man, I had this idea, but I, I just, I, I don't know if I can do it and it's risky. And so like, well, every idea is risky. I mean, nothing that we have in this world right now that we take advantage of these computers, the internet, so everything was fucking risky, but you, you can't sit there and say, ah, this, this is too risky. I can't do it. No, that's, if you want to stay exactly where you are, that's exactly what you do. Don't take risks, but you know, that's life. But brother, I cannot thank you enough for making the time to come on here. Jess, any last words? As always, man, thank you, Donovan. We appreciate it. Um, I'm going to go look into uh, stocks and options now. Thanks to you. <laughs> now that I Thank have been you. better educated. So yeah, thanks, man. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your very, very busy schedule to come talk with us and spread your knowledge and stuff. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you guys again, team. Uh, thank you guys again. Um, I appreciate you for having me. I feel elated to be on here, to be honest with you. Um, I know there's a hundred million people in the world that you guys possibly could have reached out to and the fact that i'm here i appreciate uh rusty for giving the opportunity and just um for giving the opportunity just to spread some knowledge and spread again everything that i'm actually doing and guys feel free to reach out to me um everything i'm saying here with one as i say a common warrior uh trying to just look out for each other right and just share that wealth and knowledge because i didn't no man is an island i didn't learn everything by myself i had people and support um uh I was saying, guys, we can put his uh, social in the podcast uh, information. Whenever you're listening to it, you can go um, 
check out his Facebook and his IG and you can hit him up, you know, for any questions or, you know, if you actually need the services or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, we'll make sure we get you out there and then we'll, um, we'll post everything about it. But, uh, guys, told you it was going to be a great episode, great information. Like I said, Donovan, thank you so much. Jess, you know, we love having you on here. But, guys, make sure that you go back and listen in to the series we finished up, Deciding Points in a Military Career. Episode three will forever probably be the most important episode until our next mental health one for Mental Health Matters. You can always reach us on our Instagram. Just go search the uh, Common Warrior Podcast. Our platforms, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on all of them. We're updating every Monday as we should. And um, we also are now getting into a little bit of uh, listener support. You can go in when you click into our bio, uh, when you look at any of our podcasts, you can help support us with, uh, you know, whatever you feel is uh, good and will we'll help uh, bring better and more, you know, entertaining content to you. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. You guys take care. Bye, guys. Thank you.